Hello, and thank you for joining us on The Business Advantage. I am Alicia Pennington, your host and owner of Advantage Athletic Training. Today, we have our third case study, speaking with athletic trainer Robert Kirkland about his experience in the parkour, free-running, Tempest community. He is one of, if not the only, athletic trainers who is doing this kind of work in the nation. So we are honored to have him on here discussing how he got involved and what he's doing to grow the opportunities for other athletic trainers. With these case studies, I like finding athletic trainers who are doing something a little bit off the beaten path, if you will. You know, they're creating unique professional pathways for themselves and growing the profession in their own way that, that meets their needs and fulfills their purpose and passion. So I feel that it's important to highlight these efforts, not because they are necessarily going above and beyond what a traditional athletic trainer might be doing, but because what they're doing is unique. And, you know, it's always fun to hear about cool things that other people are doing in our profession. So that's why we're, um, you know, trying to bring you these case studies and and even the the title of case study sort of implies that it's something that maybe you don't, uh, you know, you don't see every day. Furthermore, we try to inject some advice for other athletic trainers who might be interested in pursuing something new or unique, as well as inspire other athletic trainers of how to just kind of think about things differently. I hope that when you listen to these, you are motivated to consider something new in your own position, even if it's just new for you, not necessarily for the profession. I've known Robert for several years. In fact, he was a student of mine at one point. So to see where he has grown professionally is amazing. And as a fellow entrepreneur, I like to encourage the spirit of individuality. And personally, I find inspiration in what Robert is doing. You know, even if you're not going into business for yourself or pursuing an unusual pathway isn't for you. I hope that you see the value in these endeavors that other individuals take on and what they're doing for our profession. You know, while not only strengthening the areas that we are already established in, we also are utilizing those same skills in showing other populations of athletes how what an athletic trainer does translates beyond just where we come from and our traditional settings. So without further ado, I present you Robert Kirkland. Hi, Rob. Thanks for being with us today. Thanks, Alicia, for having me. This is great. Yeah, we're looking forward to hearing about the exciting things that you've done and, and that you are doing. And hopefully, you know, everybody can kind of take away from this a little bit of, of inspiration to say yes to opportunities because they don't know where it will take them. Absolutely. Well, I hope I can help out and love to share my story and kind of give you an idea as to where it's going. So, yeah, let's do it. All right. So um, let's just start out with where, um, you know, when you got into athletic training, what did you see yourself doing or what did you anticipate your career looking like? Yeah, absolutely. Um, when I first got into athletic training, I think my initial plan was kind of what most everyone else's plan is. Uh -huh. And that's probably working at a junior college. <laughs> okay, yeah. 
I mean, that's just kind of what you hear. You know, you go through a program or even, you know, you're in the internship and everyone just says, junior college, that's the life, you know, it pays great and, you know, it's, it's just set. And um, I think that was my goal. That's what I had in mind. And um, at the college I was working at, I thought I had a pretty good solid end. And, um, and I didn't really have any other plans or any other ideas in mind. Like that was, in my mind, that was it. And um, that's kind of what I thought my career would be when I was in the program. So kind of okay. crazy how it all ended up turning out. But yeah, <laughs> that, so, was, that was it. So tell us a little bit about how you began to transition away from that traditional setting and get more into a, a non-traditional one. Yeah, absolutely. So actually what started this whole thing is, is I train myself um, at a gym called Tempest, which is a free-running parkour-based facility. And um, what happened was is actually one of the guys got hurt while I was just there training. And so I had a look, and it was an elbow injury, and so I was kind of looking over, and I was kind of like, okay, well, you probably have a UCL sprain. You're going to probably want to do this for, like, your rehab, and, you know, these are things you're going to want to feel, or you're going to feel, and um, this is what you're going to want to watch out for. Mm -hmm. And he looks at me, and he's just like, how do you know all this? (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, oh, well, I just just have have a degree in this, and uh, this is actually what I do. And... um, He's like, wow, that's great. Uh, we could really use a guy like you around here. Hmm. And before then, I never even considered it. I, I honestly, and it wasn't even so much, I didn't consider it in a sense that I, I didn't want to do it. I just didn't even think that was even a route or a route totally. for me to go down. So I was just, you know, he kind of planted the idea in my head. And um, I got a call two weeks later from the manager, one of the managers of the gyms, and he tells me that they have a job coming up and they they would want me to work it. And so I was like, okay, well, what's the job? And he says, well, I can't really tell you that much about it. Just bring all your gear with you. Oh, gosh. And meet me, yeah, and meet me at this address. And I'm just like, Not that okay. it turns worse nightmare. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just like, okay, sure. So I bring everything with me, and I have no idea what to expect. And um, I, I get out to this house, and it's like 9 o'clock on Friday morning. There's a bunch of just free runners from all over the world at this house. And we all get in the cars, and we drove out to the desert to this plain junkyard site to film a, a parkour free running video for three days in the desert. Wow. And that's that's during this time that – that I knew this is where my career was going to go. This is when I was like, okay, this is it. This is where I want to take athletic training. This is where I want to take my life. I do free running myself. I can relate with these guys. This is the kind of lifestyle that I want to live. So at that point, in my mind, it just turned into, what can I do to make this happen? Yeah. Um, let, me, let me pause you right there really quick. Um, yeah. For those that are listening who don't know what Tempest parkour free running is, can you describe it a little bit so someone can get a visual of, of what we're talking about here? Absolutely, yeah. So parkour is essentially the grandfather of free running, which basically what that means is parkour is the ability to get from point A to point B in the straightest line possible, meaning you're going over obstacles, you're climbing over things, and the most efficient way 
to do so. Okay. And free running is kind of an offshoot off of parkour, which is now we're adding flips. Mm-hmm. We're adding little tricks, little spin moves to make it look cool. Basically, mm-hmm. the flair, if you will, of parkour. Okay. And it started off actually in France. Um, hmm. People would just hop around on the roofs just to get from one place to another place, just to avoid traffic and whatnot, just kind of as a fun thing to do. Sure. And uh, a guy named David Bell was the initiator. He's the one who actually brought it into the entertainment realm. Mm. And he started putting out videos on YouTube. And that's what was the spark, if you will, okay. that created this movement. And um, so now we have this emerging sport that is parkour. So um, describe to us a little bit, you're, you're in the middle of the desert, you've got your kit, you're, you're I guess, told that you're going to be there for three days, and you see these uh, men and, and women, I'm sure, yeah. um, that are partaking in this activity, and obviously it speaks to you. Um, from an interest level and in, 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 uh, emotional perspective and in, in something that you are personally interested in. But looking at it from an athletic trainer's eyes, describe to us a little bit about what you saw in terms of need and what you saw as a, as a career, just literally in that moment. Oh, absolutely. Well, for starters, they, like a lot of people, didn't even know what athletic training was. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had to describe myself as a physio, basically, which sure. is not 100% accurate, but it's the only way they could relate. Mm-hmm. When I was walking around the, the junkyard side, I mean, you're seeing these guys do these amazing moves, flips, tricks off airplane wings, off the top of planes. Um, doing these major drops. And my first thought was, okay, wow, obviously impact, right? I mean, these guys are taking a tremendous amount of impact. And even though they've trained to know how to get out of it and roll out of it to not have any major injuries, I mean, we definitely saw a few, obviously, at this this Mm -hmm. videos at the site. But um, it it already off the bat, I was like, okay, like these guys need to be doing something about overall longevity, right? And that's actually the first thing that really struck me as to how I could ultimately create a career in this industry Mm -hmm. was working with these guys for longevity, you know, Mm -hmm. and teaching them proper ways to absorb and, you know, limit impact so that way they can continue to do this for a long time. And the other thing that I saw, obviously, which was the bigger implications, is the major injury aspect. We did have a major injury, not a major one, but we did have a large injury at that film site Mm -hmm. on the second day where we basically had a guy, he was doing a flip out of an airplane door. He hit his head on the side of the door and had a large laceration. Mm. And, of course, there's blood everywhere, so, you know, people are kind of freaking out. They don't know how to manage the situation, so of course I run over there right away. You know, we start I start to clean the wound up, have a look at it. I'm like, okay, he's going to need staples, so you know, I just patch him up and we send it. Bill's very, it was easy, it was clean, it was managed, mm-hmm. rather than just people running around like, oh my god, what do we do? What do we do? Totally. What do, we do? <laughs> and I think that was the big thing that they saw that they were that. They weren't immediately impressed with. Yeah. Um, that actually would eventually lead to other medical jobs working with them down the road because, mm-hmm. you know, they're like, oh, wow, uh, 
that was it's so nice to have someone on site who actually knows how to handle these situations rather than you know just we're just around thinking okay well now what do we do yeah <laughs> so definitely. yeah so it was so let me ask you this um we had an interview with another athletic trainer who works with stuntmen and women in universal and um we talked to an extent about the value that the company sees in these performers. Is it the same thing here where whoever this is that's filming them or, or whoever it is that, that pays for them to do this kind of stuff, do they see the value in it or are they kind of dispensable uh, commodities? Well, actually, it's probably a little bit different in the free running parkour community and because a lot of these guys are celebrities in the community and the free riding world. Okay. And um, unlike with the stunt community, where because I work with I work with stunts as well. Sure. And a lot of the time, when someone gets hurt, it's because you don't see their face on camera. It's kind of like, oh, well, we'll just find someone else, mm. and we'll just you know we'll do the makeup or whatever, and you yeah, can I'll, teach them the tricks and they can do it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Very, very much a replaceable thing. But in free running, because a lot of you know the income, the money is driven off of these guys doing what they do. But knowing who they are, uh-huh. um, they, they're not just a replaceable thing. We get these guys uh, going and doing what they can do because we just can't just put someone else in there. That um, makes sense. Yeah, so, so in a way, that even makes you more valuable because they, they have the incentive to, um, you know, invest in these, in these people. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. And um, in fact, uh, kind of coming down the road a little bit here in a couple of months, uh, Tempest approached me about flying with them to Belize for a video. And that's exactly what one of their big concerns was they don't want to be on set for a video one of their guys go down and now they're like, well, now what? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> you know? So it's it absolutely, it's one of those concerns. So it does put a much greater value on what I bring to the table. Absolutely. So then, um, so you had this video and, and they saw your value. Um, and, you know, fast forwarding a little bit, you then got a position working a couple days a week at the Tempest gym, Correct. That is correct. So kind of fill us in on how that developed and maybe what the difference is in their investment with utilizing you for maybe people that aren't as professional and more on a regular basis as opposed to just those specialized shoots. Yeah, absolutely. So it actually, this is a couple years in the making. Um, I I would mostly work videos and then gym openings and gym events. What happened was the turning point um, was when we had one of our athletes go down at a major competition um, with a knee injury. Mm-hmm. And um, he went to a doctor in the States and they told him, oh, you're going to need surgery. And mm-hmm. um, so I, I saw him and I had a look at him and I was like, you know, honestly, uh, I'm not going to overrule your doctor, but maybe we should work on it. And if anything, if you do need surgery, then your knee will at least be in a better place for the surgery, Absolutely. which makes the rehab a lot better. Mm-hmm. But if things get better and if things end up improving and you're able to do the things that you need to do, then I think we can probably hold off on the surgery to a much later date because you get surgery now and that changes things. Yeah. So let's just give this a shot. So 
anyways, he, you know, I told him, of course, it's his decision at the end of the day, you know, he's the athlete, you know, however he wants to take it, he wants to take it, and he decided to go ahead and do the rehab option. So I started working on him, and about a few, three or four months later, he was, not only was it slowing down, controlled, but he was walking, he was jumping, he was doing the things that he needs to do, obviously turns that he didn't need the surgery, Mm -hmm. and he was moving just like nothing ever happened, and what happened was, is everyone else took note. Mm-hmm. Owners took note. Um, other athletes took note. He kept talking to everyone about me, saying mm-hmm. what a great job I was doing with his knee, how he's been able to perform again, and um, you know how the doctor was trying to talk him into surgery and all these other things, and how he was able to get better. And that was when I was approached officially by the owner um, to become a part of the team, to work on the team, and they will pay me on a regular basis. And so leading up to this point, a lot of what you were doing was volunteer. Yes, that is correct. I, I didn't – basically what we did was is we did kind of a trade-off where mm-hmm. I would work with him for free. Mm-hmm. In return, he would train me to oh, for free running and parkour. Yeah, and so that's what we did. I would spend an hour with him working on his knee, then he would spend an hour with me for training and um you know at the time yeah i mean i kind of had the mindset of you know with him talking to people that that would open a few more doors for me as Definitely. far as tempest goes but i never thought it would have ended up opening the door that would ultimately lead me on the team and down the road that i would ultimately go down yeah so you know investing a little bit of your own time up front and you know we, we talk a lot about in athletic training about not volunteering your time and Um, I think it's more important to stress that you should give your time where you feel like it's being appreciated as opposed to just volunteering in places and areas where they could probably otherwise afford and actually just don't value what you're doing as an athletic trainer. (laughs) So there is a difference there. Okay. Absolutely. So now that you're working in the Tempest gym on a regular basis, what kind of population are you seeing? And tell us a little bit about the services that you're rendering there. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, right now I'm working with the pro team, um, which has just expanded a little bit. We have actually just recently added five international athletes. So that's coming into a a whole nother challenge, but I'll talk about that later. Um, so yeah, so I work on the pro team, which is four local, um, locals who come in and out and then I also work on the coaching staff mm-hmm. at the gym, even uh, at other facilities. Okay. Come to the gym. And then I also work on the stunt, stunt worker, stunt community. Mm-hmm. I work with two stunt guys right now. Um, and then I also work with some, some people who come into the gym and just train themselves. Okay. So I've actually been able to build a very good base of athletes now that I work on on a pretty regular basis. And when, um, you're, when you're working in the gym – do you have like a space that you're working out of? Are there modalities or is it just a lot of hands and soft tissue work or what does that look like for you? Yeah. Yeah. So basically, I mean, they don't give, I don't have my own space yet. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I'm kind of working out of, they have like kind of a weight area in the gym and they kind of have a little bit of space. So I pretty much put a mat out and I literally do mostly manual work on them, but we go over a lot of different things. So we'll actually go over movement patterns and I'll Mm. actually work a little bit on resistance training with them and turning on some muscles, turning off some muscles, and actually teaching them a lot of mechanical um, issues that they could be having and different ways that we can improve that. 
Um, but for the most part, a lot of the stuff I use is very much like manual resistance, effleurage, like just trigger point work, and then um, movement works. So we'll go into weights and all that stuff as well. And what I've realized is by just doing all the weight stuff and just teaching them how to turn on these muscles, it's just been very, very good as far as being able to prevent a lot of injuries. So we got guys coming in who who have done no exercises or anything. You know, they just think about free running and parkour and that's all they do. Yeah. And that's great. Like but, most yeah, athletes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's just great. But then, you know, obviously you have one side that becomes more dominant than the other side and they start to have things that go turn on and off when they're not supposed to. And um, so a lot, a lot of the things that I do is I just educate them and teach them different ways to um, – work or have their bodies work best for, for them of course yeah and th- that's probably the biggest thing that they've been able to take away with this is being able to just know what to do and just educate them so when i'm not around they know okay i need to be doing this i need to do that i need to do my band exercises i need to do these warm-ups and things that they just wouldn't really probably think about most of the time and now they're doing it and yeah. it's great because we're seeing a lot of really good response from it a lot of people who we're having issues before, no longer have issues. I can't tell you how many bad knees I've seen. <laughs> <laughs> knees is like probably the thing I've, I've gotten really decent at when it comes to rehabbing. Because um, totally. that's just what I see all the time now yeah. is knee stuff. And um, so it's been really cool to see the, the transition, the process from me working with just one guy for free to now I have – full set of people that I work with. Like when I get there, I get there probably like five, six o'clock in the morning. I'm completely booked up until seven to eight o'clock at night. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Just comp- Yeah. That's all I do is just work on people the whole day, rehabbing, um, you know, managing, uh, their symptoms and, um, do whatever we can to do to get them and so the company or Tempest is paying for this, correct? Or do the each athletes kind of have like a little copay type thing or? Yeah. So Tempest pays for the pro team. Okay. And then, um, which is really great. So they pay for the pro team and then plus any kind of events or anything that I do for them, they mm-hmm. pay me. And then uh, the stunt guys kind of have their own, you know, copay option. And yeah. then, um, the coaches, same kind of deal. So cool. the coaches I'll see on a, on a pretty regular basis and, um, as well as amateurs. So basically Tempest gives me a list of athletes that they will pay for. Mm-hmm. And then I just invoice them for those athletes and yeah. they, they send the money. So that's very cool. Yeah. So, um, a couple summers ago you had the opportunity to work and travel with the off the edge group. Um, yes. describe to us a little bit about what that was like. Tell us about where that took you and, and what you did with them. Yeah, absolutely. So we, um, yeah, so it was the first parkour free running tour ever organized. And, uh, it's was done by a couple of guys from the team. And we also teamed up with another group of guys from Thailand and we basically got in our, quote, tour bus, which was just really an RV. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we went across the U.S. and Canada. We went to 16 cities. Um, and what initially spawned me coming on to the tour was, at the time, I was working with one of the main athletes who was going to be on this tour. And when I first started with him, he was in so much pain, Alicia, he couldn't even walk. 
Wow. Couldn't even walk. And um, he his gait was literally that of a penguin. That's probably mm-hmm. the only way I can describe it. Yeah. Any any kind of stride he had was just too painful. And so I had been working with him for a couple of months and he I mean, he went from the point of not even being able to put it on his own pants to training again mm-hmm. and wow. being able to do so relatively pain-free. And so mm. the big thing was is he actually brought me on as, quote, the driver. It <laughs> <laughs> was your official title. <laughs> it was my official title, yeah. Um, but, you know, they were so scared of something happening to him or happening to someone else on tour where they couldn't do or complete the tour that they were like, we, we got to have you on. Yeah. And so they were uh, pretty adamant about me going. Uh-huh. And um, I was pretty excited about going because I've never been on tour like this before. I've never done anything like this in my life. So I was just like, okay, like I, I'm definitely down to do it. I want I want the experience. Let's go. And um, that was definitely an experience. And these guys, um, <laughs> we uh, – you know, we go from city to city, and man, it's long nights. So you got really close with everyone, and um, a lot of times I was doing rehab in the back of the RV on a bouncing bed. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I was really working on people in the back of the RV, and as we were driving, and like, oh my god, like Jesse, one of the guys, he had to grab me a couple of times for flying out. So. It was definitely a uh, a crazy environment, and um, the way it would work is is we would get into the city, we would kind of scout out exactly where we're going to shoot a video because we always did a video per city, mm. and then we'd have a jam. And the jam is basically when the community comes together and they do this huge, I don't know, performance, if you will. Um, just everyone kind of just does their thing, and so what I would do is is I would rehab them or work on them. Uh, like during the course of the video shoots and then um, and then during the jams I would just kind of be around for medical purposes but yeah. mostly covering our guys yeah so if one of their if someone who just showed up got hurt they weren't necessarily my responsibility I was there to assist but for liability reasons um, I wasn't like the main guy for that. yeah so um, and yeah, that's what we did for pretty much the whole time. And it ended up working out very well because like I said, the main guy who I was initially working on, I don't think he would have made it past the first week. Wow. He even told me like right off, like just right off the bat, like things were starting to flare up again. And if I wasn't there working on him, he was like, I don't, I probably made it maybe two weeks. And, mm-hmm. yeah. um, so it's pretty clear that we can make with athletes, on something like a tour because they don't really have anyone else to go to and they don't know anyone else who's familiar with the conditions that they have. Mm-hmm. So being out there and having that experience with them, but just being there for them, I mean, it was instrumental. And in my opinion, is the only reason why this tour was even able to happen and go down the way it was. So Wow. Um, Very cool. Just, yeah. yeah. So... So bring us up, catch us up to kind of where you're at now and, you know, maybe some of the projects you have going on. I know you mentioned Belize. We haven't talked about Greece yet, which um, I would love for you to touch on. And yeah. then kind of tell us where you see this going for you and for Tempest and, and for other athletic trainers. 
Yeah, absolutely. So right now I'm pretty much at 10 fist three or four days a week working on people. Um, we do video shoot or video projects. And so I'll work those as well. And those are mostly for medical purposes. Um, and then as far as Greece goes, Red Bull. So Red Bull now, I work with Red Bull a little bit in these free running events. And so we have this major event called the Art of Motion, which two years ago I saw a video for the Art of Motion. And Alicia, this was like my dream, my dream. I saw the video and I said, this is what I want to work. I want to work the Art of Motion in Greece. So cool. And um, I pretty much just bought a ticket to Greece. (laughs) 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 And I probably didn't fully think it through at the time. I just said, I want to work this event. The only way this is going to happen is if I actually get out there and talk to the right people. Yeah. And um, and that's what I did. <laughs> so I literally bought the ticket. I, go, I flew out to Athens. I, I would hop my way out to Santorini. And we had a couple of athletes from Tempest who were participating in the event. And I, they was, I was able through that to get introduced to all the right people. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, since then, I've been able to go back the last couple of years and actually work at the Red Bull event in Santorini. And it's been honestly just a dream come true. I love going out there. And basically my role is, is they don't, they don't have me do a lot of the emergency care because they already have a fully staffed EMT crew that's there, mm-hmm. which I'm okay with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's one less thing for me to worry about. Totally. However, they, what they do is, yeah. However, what they do is though, is they have me work on all their athletes before the event. And then as well as during the event, so I, they usually kind of give me my own little area, and then I'm able to kind of oversee and just make sure um, that everyone is healthiness-wise is good to go. Mm-hmm. And, um, and usually post-event, I don't really do much of anything. So once the event's over, then You basically get to hang out in Greece. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I get to hang out in Greece for a few more days and then head on back. But, you know, I mean, that's just one of those situations where – I think at the end of the day, my mindset just changed to, well, how can I make this happen? Yeah. What can I do to, you know, and you use that as the, as the motivation rather than, um, oh, no, I, I, that's not going to happen for me. Because I think if I would have thought that way, it would have never happened. <laughs> no, it, it so. wouldn't have. And, and I'd love for you, you know, just to expand on that a little bit about kind of taking the initiative and, and you know, obviously putting yourself out there a little bit and, even to an extent, you know, foot in the bill to get yourself to Greece, but what it has produced for you and, and maybe what your um, kind of sage advice would be to others that maybe are hesitant to take that step or, you know, just what you think you'd recommend to others that are in a similar position. Oh, yeah, um, absolutely. If you really want something, I mean, maybe it can be a high school job and or the junior college, or maybe it's something else that you haven't thought about yet that um, is something that you think is attainable, you, you got to go get it. And I, I cannot stress that enough. I mean, that's kind of been my mindset for the last few years. And mm-hmm. there's so many excuses out there that anyone can make for you or you can make for yourself. Mm-hmm. It's up to you, though, to find the right reasons, though, to make those things happen. Yeah. And action, I mean, Dr. Kersey said it himself, action speaks louder than words. Always. And yeah. You can say all these things, but you got to go out there and you got to do it. And at the end of the day, I think that's what separates a lot of people in any industry. 
It's are the people who actually go out there and they do it and they make it happen and they don't let anything or anyone tell them no. Mm-hmm. And then there's those people who kind of just say, well, no, that's maybe it's not for me. And they kind of just let that be their excuse. And then yeah. they just go off on another path that maybe they don't necessarily like, but they just kind of deal with it. Yeah. And um, I think for me, at least, it's just so important to to do what you feel is right. And I've told people this a lot. And it's kind of corny, but um, but it's, it's 100% honest and true. And, you know, um, another athlete trainer actually asked me, he said, you know, he's like, every time I see you, you always seem so happy. You always have a smiling face. Mm. He was like, well, what is it? Like, what's the secret? And I said, honestly, I'm just following my heart. Yep, do what and, you love. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, just following my heart. And, and I'm just, whatever my heart and whatever my, like, I just feel attracted to, I just pursue it Absolutely. 100%. Absolutely. Couldn't agree with you more there. Yeah. Um, so where do you see this going for you? Is is there growth, do you think, for other athletic trainers? Do you think this is, you know, the, the next uh, emerging practice in athletic training? Or I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, actually, I do. I think this is I, this is going to get a lot bigger. I, I feel like parkour right now is where skateboarding was 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And the great thing is um, I think it's actually going to go grow a lot faster because of things like social media yeah, and being able to get essentially free advertising out there and get people organized. And already they just started, um, actually a couple people who I work with have started their own league essentially called the pro free run league. Hmm. And that is, that's what that is. It's all about being able to have an amateur level parkour free runner give them the road to get into a professional realm Mm -hmm. and and they're going to have competitions and they're going to have events and they're going to have video events and you know so you're starting to see a lot more things happening and there's now uh, there was actually just a large event this last november in sweden called the airweb challenge where they had this huge stadium they rented out this huge stadium all these lights, they invited some of the top athletes from around the world to compete, and it was a major event. It was not this little built-up obstacle course, yeah. you know, in the middle. Like, this was a big event mm-hmm. where they had to be fully staffed, um, yeah, fully staffed people from all angles, and you're, there is definitely a lot of growth there, and I think what's gonna, what you're going to see is, is as other sponsors, like such as Red Bull, or even like their competitors like Monster or even Nike or, or whatnot, mm-hmm. when they start to really get in on this, I mean, that's when things are really going to explode. And there are guys right now who are making that happen and who are doing whatever they can to make that happen. So absolutely. So as far as... So if other athletic trainers were interested in getting involved with this, what would your recommendations be or, or what advice could you give them? My advice, if uh, depending upon where they are, um, in Colorado right now, for example, there's Apex. Apex mm-hmm. is probably one of the biggest gyms that competes with Tempest. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure they don't have an athletic trainer or anyone who works with them. So yeah. that's one place that they could go. Um, even just going to the local communities and are looking at parkour free running because yeah. a lot, we're actually kind of in a good place for something like this right now. And that's because a lot of these communities don't know what athletic training is. Mm-hmm. And once they see what services you can provide for them, mm-hmm. uh, 
I mean, from what I've experienced, they're just instantly blown away. And they, they want you around, they want your help, and they're genuine about it. And these people are the nicest people you'll ever meet. I mean, they're so nice, they're so genuine, they're not like these cocky people. And so that's what I would recommend is don't be afraid. You know, don't be afraid if this is something that you want to go after. You know, look up, see what your local community is, find out, go to some events, go to some jams. You know, start talking to the people, say, hey, look, I don't maybe do parkour myself, but this is what I do for a living. Mm-hmm. You know, is is there something that can help you out with? This is something, is there another event coming up that needs to be worked? You know, what's, you know, what's around that I could be a part of? And essentially, you kind of just insert yourself into that community yeah. by being there and talking to those people. And I can tell you right now that, like I said, they don't, they're not aware of athletic training and, um. And as of right now, I think I'm it. I don't know of any other athletic trainer that works with this community. So mm-hmm. it'd be really great to actually have a few more athletic trainers. <laughs> yeah, and, have some yeah, colleagues yeah. you can lean on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So Very um, cool. Yeah, so absolutely. So Awesome. Well, fun. that's all the questions I have for you. Is there anything else that I've missed or that you want to add or, or note? Um, yeah, actually, one last thing, kind of going about the future of athletic training, which is something that I've started to kind of do and I've kind of experimented with a little bit, but that's therapy through Skype. (laughs) So I kind of talked about it earlier. Yeah. So I talked a little bit earlier that we just added five new international athletes onto Mm -hmm. the team. Mm -hmm. And so, um, so what I've kind of started getting into now is starting these Skype sessions where basically I kind of go over the rehab with them, kind of show them what they're doing Mm -hmm. and then just kind of find ways to keep tabs on them. Now, I'm still kind of playing around with it, but I, I think it offers a lot of great um, opportunities, especially for someone like myself yeah. who wants to travel the world and mm-hmm. yet find ways to work at the same time. And mm-hmm. so that's kind of like a, a unique way to do that. Um, so I'm looking into that. And then as far as with Tempest goes, you know, they just opened up a new gym in San Diego. I know they're expanding to other parts of the country. Um, I can't exactly talk about it too much because I'm kind of hush hush, but, sure. uh, but they are expanding. And so, um, you know, if anyone is interested in working with a company like Tempest, like they're, they're going to be growing. So just because I'm working with them doesn't necessarily mean like, Oh, well, Tempest, okay. I can't work with them now. Like Rob's already working with them. I mean, they're expanding and I can only personally do so much. So it's, it's, yeah, it's growing and, so yeah, could someone get in contact with you or would you recommend that they contact somebody through Tempest? Uh, they can get in contact with me if they like. Okay. Absolutely. And what's the best way to reach you? Probably uh, my email. So rkirkland1985 at yahoo.com. Awesome. Probably the best way to go. And um, if they have any, just any questions or any, or any concerns or anything, um, you know, they can feel free to email me there and I'll cool. try to do the best I can to get to them and answer them. So. Yeah. Yeah. But. Well, this has been awesome. Thank you so much for coming on and, and explaining this to us. I, I have a hunch that this will excite and intrigue a number of athletic trainers. <laughs> well, I'm happy to help, and I'm, I, you know, I hope it does that. And um, it, is, it is a fun it's a fun community to work with as well as just really cool to see the flips and moves and stuff that these guys do on a daily basis. And you will not work with, in my opinion – more genuine people than with free runners. So, um, yeah, hopefully this helps and, uh,
get some more interest out there for other athletic trainers. Yeah, definitely. Advantage has teamed up with SoCal Youth Rugby to provide athletic trainers at all matches from Orange County to San Luis Obispo. If you are in Orange County, Los Angeles County, San Bernardino, Santa Barbara, or San Luis Obispo areas and looking for contract work on the weekends, visit our website, theadvantage.com, for more info and to apply. Well, I hope you enjoyed hearing about Robert's experience in developing a position for himself and can take away some pointers for how to do that for yourself or for any other position within your organization. If you're interested in getting involved with what Robert's doing, contact him and see where it could take you. Thank you for listening. If you learned something on today's podcast, please share it with a colleague. We could all benefit from better understanding how to develop a unique professional pathway for ourselves. On our next podcast, we will be starting a four-part series on the development of a business idea. This will be great for anyone who has had an idea that they want to bring into fruition, business-related or not. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Snapchat at The Advantage. If you have questions regarding what we have spoken about here, use the hashtag Q&AT or show us how you're developing a unique pathway with hashtag That's Business. Thank you to Mr. Logistics for the music you've heard throughout.